Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Large crowds of people are dangerous. That is a statement that cannot be disputed. But usually in cases of large gatherings, there are equally large safety measures in place. Today, we'll be discussing the avoidable tragedy of Astroworld. My name is Sophia Talley, and this is True Crime and Knit. is a relatively new music festival that was started in 2018 by hip-hop artist Travis Scott. The festival was named after Scott's album and was completely envisioned by Travis himself. Travis was inspired by the history of Astroworld, a now-defunct amusement park that was meant to be an accompanying attraction to the Astrodome Sports Stadium in Houston, Texas. Travis was born and raised in Houston and wanted to relive his childhood memories of spending time at Astroworld. So not only did he name his album and music festival after it, but he also held a festival on the same grounds in which the amusement park once stood. The inaugural opening of the festival was documented in a film titled Travis Scott, Look Mom, I Can Fly. This film documents the roller coaster of events in Travis's life that led to his fame. The 2018 concert was a success, featuring hip-hop artists such as Post Malone and Young Thug. It was so successful that in 2019, it was held again. But this time, the lineup was larger and the crowds were much bigger. Organizers expected to house 50,000 people. Even before the festival began, tragedy struck. The crowd was waiting for the festival to start behind these metal barricades of the type that are often used when controlling crowds. At parades or block parties, people were anxious and excited, and so they began to push against the barricades. This caused the barricades to fall over, which encouraged the crowd to run and stampede into the festival. Three people were injured in the stampede and had to be treated at a hospital. An investigation revealed that the event was severely understaffed. This point is made clear by the fact that when you watch this unfold on video, there is no authority figure stopping the crowd from pushing onto the barricade in the first place. Usually these events are swarming with security, and I honestly do not see any security figures or police in this particular cell phone footage taken at the time of the barricades failed. And I will post this footage. If you're not watching on YouTube, I will post it 
in the show notes as well. So that way you can see what I'm talking about. It's pretty scary that people were even allowed to push on the barricades in the first place. Still, the show went on to be successful and it branched out to feature different genres such as hard rock and nuevo flamenco, which is pretty cool. It reminds me of Lollapalooza, which is a music festival. It just combines good music despite the genre. So it brings in a lot of different types of people, which is always Astroworld became a prominent music festival Astro World became a prominent music festival on this scene to the point where it had to be to the point where when it had to be canceled in 2020 due to the coronavirus, Travis still held the festival virtually over the online game Fortnite Battle Royale. This 15 minute event titled Astronomical was an animated concert built into the game. And I'm not going to lie, it's pretty cool to watch as it was a fantasy inspired virtual concert held on a tropical archipelago with avatars dancing in the audience and Travis performed five songs as an avatar with each song having a different location one location featuring what looked to be the Astro World amusement park on fire which is imagery that will unfortunately be really scary later on. The fourth Astral World was set to take place on November 5th and 6th, 2021. By now, Astral World was infamous, so the event had to expand to fit the increasing demand. So not only did this event now have to span over two days instead of one, but 50,000 concertgoers were expected to attend at one time. Tickets for the festival sold out in only 30 minutes. Now, some sources claim that they sold 100,000 tickets. And though this may or may not be true, it is stated by police and by concert organizers that the event was only meant to hold 50 at once for safety reasons, despite the fact that the venue could hold up to 200,000 people at once. Remember, it was a two-day concert with a week long of festivities. It is possible that they did sell 100,000 tickets, but with the attention of only holding 50,000 of those people at once, with the remainder attending the event on different days. Leading up to the festival was Astro Week, which was a week-long event that includes celebrity golf matches, a Nike collaboration pop-up shop, and the opening of a community garden at Young Elementary School, which was dedicated to Travis's grandmother. And all of the events were going off successfully until the first night of the concert. On November fifth, Travis Scott fans were excitedly waiting for him to take the stage. The crowd had been rowdy all day in anticipation for the headliner. At only 2 p.m., hundreds of people stampede through the gates and destroyed the VIP security entrance. Yes, the security entrance, which means hundreds of people did not get checked for deadly weapons and drugs. Micah Hatfield, an ABC reporter, witnessed this chaos unfold, and she revealed in a tweet, people were trampled, some were detained, end quote. But looking at the video, there were so many people stampeding and trampling over each other that no way they all got detained. It's just it's just scary because that means hundreds of people were able to storm the event without getting checked for anything that was dangerous on their person. And there were incidents like this throughout the day in literal broad daylight. It was 
insanity. And this is why a lot of conspiracy theorists were claiming that there was a negative energy that whole day, when in reality, it was just poor crowd control. But I'm jumping ahead of myself at this point. After witnessing the pure chaos, Houston Police Chief Troy Finner met with Travis Scott to discuss his concerns with the crowd. Troy recounts, and this is a quote, I express my concerns regarding public safety and that in my 31 years of law enforcement experience, I have never seen a time with more challenges facing citizens of all ages to include a global pandemic and social tension throughout the nation. I asked Travis Scott and his team to work with HPD, Houston Police Department, for all events over the weekend and to be mindful of social media messaging on any unscheduled events, end quote. There is no official report of Travis's response to this. But if you look at his social media postings from this day, it seemed as if he heeded the warning, which is an improvement as when tickets sold out for the show back on May 5th, he tweeted, nah, and we still sneaking the wild ones in, end quote. See, Travis has a long history of overhyping the crowd. He actually pled guilty twice to disorderly and reckless conduct charges. At a show in 2015, he encouraged fans to storm the stage. In 2017, a man was left paralyzed at a Travis Scott show after the rapper encouraged fans to jump off the balcony in which they were viewing the show on which is terrible. So Travis Scott shows have a history of pandemonium. And that day, it didn't seem to be any different. Though Travis didn't post anything publicly, the fans were still becoming out of control. Starting at around 6 p.m. that night, a crowd was formed around the stage that Travis was expected to perform on. The fans were rowdy and excited and fueling the excitement was a large clock counting down to the exact second to which Travis will take the stage. ICU nurse Madeline Askins, who attended the festival, claimed that as the countdown continued, the crowd was just escalating. At about 9 p.m., just when the show began, the crowd started to surge Forward. G. Keith Still, a crowd science expert at the University of Suffolk, defines a crowd surge, and this is a quote, as crowd density, the number of people in a given area reaches the point of everyone in close contact, the crowd can begin swaying. And sudden movement in a high density crowd can result in a surge and progressive crowd collapse. End quote. And this can cause people to be suffocated by the weight of bodies pressed against each other after falling and being trampled or even just while standing and having their chest compressed. So, yes, victims can be fully passed out or even dying while standing up. As a result, it can be hard for even people around the injured to realize that their companions are in trouble. ICU nurse Madeline states, all of a sudden people come pressed up against each other, pushed forward and backward. As the timer got closer, it got worse and worse. I had constant pressure on my chest. I was being squeezed. Right when he started performing his first song, I looked at my boyfriend and said, we have to get out of here. Askin was right, because as soon as the concert began, the crowd of 50,000 began to push to the front. The weight of 50,000 bodies pushed onto each other, caused some to trip and become trampled in the 
chaos. But there was nowhere for Madeline to escape to. She was in the front of the crowd where tens of thousands of people were trying to be. And soon she succumbed to the assault. I just remember looking up, passing out, and then I was in and out for a little while, she tells CNN. I didn't see anything, but I could kind of feel what was going on. Someone pulled me over a fence and then I passed out again. The thing is, Madeline had nowhere to go. This particular venue was hard to evacuate as different sections were barricaded off as a way to prevent people with cheaper tickets pushing towards the prime seating. Unfortunately, all the barricades ended up doing was help people become trapped in a dangerous situation. The thing is, these barricades were not against fire codes or anything. Um, It was just an unfortunate aspect of this situation. The crowd had nowhere to go, and the constant pressure of bodies piled up on each other caused many to become critically injured. Mohit Balani, who attended the event where her cousin recounts, one person fell. People started toppling like dominoes. It was like a sinkhole. People were falling on top of each other. There were like layers of bodies on the ground, like two people thick. We were fighting to come up to the top and breathe to stay alive. Her cousin Barty Shahani was not as lucky. She suffered multiple heart attacks during the crowd surge. And when first responders were able to get to her, it was so chaotic that they actually dropped her head while she was being transported to safety. These first responders needed to reach their patients quickly, but unfortunately, the crowd was just so out of control. There are recordings of concert goers purposefully trying to get in the way of first responders. In one video, there are people dancing on a golf cart-like vehicle that the first responders were using to get to their patients. By the time Barty was reached, she was in critical condition. After being examined at the hospital, it was found that she had no brain activity. On November 10th, five days after the event, the Texas A&M University student succumbed to her injuries. Her parents and their lawyer announced her as the ninth death at Astroworld. Yes, you heard me, the ninth. The thing is, Barty's story is not too much different from others who either lost their lives or are still fighting for their survival in the ICU as I record this podcast. The ages of the dead range from 14 to 27. So these were very young lives that were lost. And now it's time for an intermission. So you may have noticed I am clicking away over here. I am currently making a sweater for my son's bow, for my son bow. I made him one last year, a very similar one, but of course he's no longer a 12 month old. He is currently wearing two to three T. So I am making one, a sweater that's in size four to five T. So that way I can skip next year because that is a lot of knitting. I can't remember what quote, who quoted this. Let me see if I could find it. Okay. I cannot find the Elizabeth Zimmerman quote, but, but y'all probably know this about 
it's a quote about how children seem small until you have to knit for them. And that's totally true. It Children clothes should not take as long as what they do, especially because they seem to grow out of it as fast as I can knit for them. So before I continue talking about this particular knit, I want to bring attention to what I'm wearing today. I am wearing the rainbow gown that I've been talking about literally all season for the past like six weeks. And finally, this week starting this Friday. So if you're watching the show, what is that the 19th or listening to the show that would be on the 19th. So four days from then, I think I can't do math. I will be starting a group knit along on Instagram and on my discord server. Um, so that's going to be really great, really fun. I'm going to post information for that in the show notes. We're going to start then I will be knitting with you guys for once. I absolutely want to knit another one of these. I have so many extra buttons that I bought because I panic bought buttons for this garment because I didn't know what I wanted. I also panic bought a lot of skeins of yarn for the yoke just because I didn't know exactly what type of rainbow I wanted. And I also panic bought a lot of basic sweater colors because in my head, I have time to knit more sweaters than I actually can with my own two hands. So as a result, I need to get rid of a lot of yarn and what better way is to knit one of my favorite garments of the season, and that is my rainbow gown. Now, I'm not lying. I've been wearing this garment all week to the point where I'm going to have to wash it because I've been wearing it for maybe like nine days straight now every single day. And the thing is, I've actually updated the pattern quite a bit. So here you can see how long the yoke is in this sample. The yoke is actually going to be shorter like this, like up to this salmon stripe. If you're watching, if you're not watching, the yoke is like an inch or two shorter than what it is in my sample. Let's see what else I did. I also, I think I also shortened the sleeves just because in pattern, the sleeves fit me in some taller torsoed people, but not everyone. So I put the sleeves back to standard with the option for you to lengthen them as you like. So I just did little, little tiny, tiny things that was found during a test net after editing. So that was the only changes. And so I, I really want to knit another one to show off these changes and to show the difference. And of course, you can still knit your yoke as long as you want. You can still knit your sleeves as long as you want. I just wanted the sizing to fit as many people as humanly possible. And this design is written for was written for female bodies in general, but still I use adult measurements. So no matter what gender or sex you are, you can wear this sweater it is amazing. I absolutely love it. My testers had so many different body types. It was so great to see it on so many different types of people. And I can't wait to start to knit along to see it on you guys. And, you know, Christmas is coming. Christmas is my yarn. Look, look at my yarn. Someone bit my yarn while I was working on it. Someone bit. If you're not watching, I'm knitting just because I like to knit while I talk to you guys now, I've finally gotten better at it. And I'm working on this yarn. I'm working, working, working. And then someone bit it. And I know who that someone is. They bit my working yarn and I'm salty. And that someone is my cat, Nymeria. And she's sitting next to me looking sleepy, but I know she did it. Her sister's also sitting underneath my uncomfy futon. So it could have been her, but she's old. And so I think it was the young one here. I think it was, we call her Youngblood and the older ones OG. See, I love hip hop culture. Absolutely love it. Grew up on the East Coast. So anyway, you also may notice I am by myself. 
And here's why. I made a mistake saying I wouldn't be by myself next week. I actually had a different story to report in which I would use 911 footage. And so it would just be a lot of voices between me, the 911 operator, the the person who needed help, and a guest or two. So that's why I'm by myself. I did not forget. We're going to have a guest next week, I promise. But the reason why I didn't do that episode today is because A, the reporting on it was horrible. Ow, I just got scratched. The reporting on it was horrible because everyone just really messed up reporting. And as a result, I couldn't get clear enough factual evidence without contacting people. And so I was unsure about contacting the subjects of this particular issue. And just to stop the secrecy, it pretty much was but a 911 call, a flood victim who was mocked during her 911 call and made fun of and actually died during the call. And as a result, I want to talk about making 911 more inclusive for all people of all abilities. And that was my goal, but I just couldn't find enough solid evidence and enough things to make a full episode. But hopefully in the future, I can add that episode in because it's really important. And because I also want to expand my subject matter to talk about, to include people with disabilities. So that was my goal for that, but it just didn't work out. Sometimes you just have to leave a subject alone. If you cannot find evidence, you can't just fill in the blanks. Hence why you may have noticed some things in this particular show may have been left out just because a lot of it wasn't true or they're still fact checking because this is new. And usually I don't do stories this current because it causes me to work really fast. But I decided to because it's very important to talk about these events and how it affects black culture and how people use it to spew racist ideologies. And that's the main reason why we are sitting here today to not only talk about how to keep people safe, but also talk about how this is not the time to use a tragedy for your own gain. And so that's one of the whole reasons for this. But anyway, back to the knitting. This is the knitting segment, Sophia. So join us on a knit along this Friday. I'm going to send an email out to my email list. So a great way to find out about the knit along is to join my email list. You can find that in the show notes. Also follow me on Instagram. Also, you can find that at the bottom of the show notes page. And get your yarn ready. All the yarn is readily available at big box stores such as Michael's and Joann's and even Walmart. You can find this yarn anywhere online. The sweater costs me like I think 30 bucks to make. I made a size 42 bust because I like my stuff a little bit bigger. My chest size is about a 37. So a 42 has quite a bit extra space. And so it's super easy to grab yarn for a really affordable price, or you can even use scrap yarn. A lot of my testers and in the pattern as well, I talked about using scrap yarn and that's a great way to help help your stash a little bit because I just know your stash is probably crazy just like mine, especially if you're listening to a show called True Crime and Knit. I know you, I know. So that's definitely something uh, that this sweater can help you with. Now I am working on 
a quarter zip for my son. I'm so excited to get this. I'm going to get a test knit on this done this week. I swear I see the test knit starting every week, but I had a definitely a rough week as a toddler mom. It was just a lot of growing pains for everyone. So I kind of had to lessen my workload. And so that's why I didn't start the test knit, but I hope to start it this week. The pattern's almost done being written and edited. It's just so awesome. So I'm really excited to do this sweater because this sweater will fit for uh, anyone from six months to, I believe, a 62 bust or a 62 chest measurement. And I say that because it is completely unisex. It's very easy and very minimal purling. I want you to get past the, the neckband and it's pretty much the whole body is just knit stitch and it has a zipper, which is so easy to install. And the way I install zippers into my knits, I personally think it's clever. Okay. But it could just me to in my own horn, but I highly recommend that you, if you want to test knit this pattern and you never done a zipper, this is your time to test out a zipper. You don't have to be a zipper expert to join the test knit. I actually prefer beginners because it helps me prepare for every type of knitter. And yeah. And oh, before I go on, I should really mention for the yarn I'm using today, it is Lion Brand Heartland. I've been using a lot of Lion Brand yarn lately because it's just affordable and it tends to hold up very well on top of being affordable. So that's why it's not like I'm sponsored by them. They should sponsor me. Lion Brand sponsor me. Hello, are you out there? But yeah, they haven't. So I'm buying it my own money. Anyway, let's get back to the episode. So you might be thinking, Sophia, what was going on while nine people were fighting for their lives? Well, the crowd was frantic. There's a video of a young concert goer climbing onto the stage trying to alert a cameraman that there were people dying in the crowd. But unfortunately, their pleas fell on deaf ears. These pleas were ignored by not just the cameraman, but also by fellow audience members. Despite the carnage, some members of the audience did not want the concert to stop. And remember, we just talked about how in crowd surges, it's hard to tell just how dangerous it is in the moment. And so there is a possibility that these people just did not understand that these cries for help were not just people overreacting or a prank that this was really a dangerous situation. There was no formal announcement made in the midst of the concert because authorities were worried about the crowd rioting and retaliation. That being said, I'm still judging because when you see an obviously marked emergency vehicle, you get out of the way, period. I know it's a concert and people were crazy and zooted out of their brains, but it's just common decency here. There is just no excuse for that. The fire department claims that 11 of their patients was in cardiac arrest, while many other concert goers were administered Narcan, a drug used to treat an opioid overdose. However, just because first responders say that 11 patients were in cardiac arrest and that there was Narcan use doesn't necessarily mean that these patients were overdosing. Sometimes Narcan is just used as a precaution 
because you don't have a lot of time to treat an overdose in a situation like this. And though the fire department says that patients were showing signs of cardiac arrest, we really don't know why or even how true this is. Remember the ICU nurse, Madeline Eskins? Well, when she finally came to, there was only maybe four medics around her and this like makeshift field hospital doing CPR on about four different people. So it was about one medic per patient ratio. However, she stated one of them, this is a quote, one of them did not even know how to check for a pulse, end quote. So according to Madeline's story, who is a healthcare professional herself, the staff was undertrained and not equipped to handle the situation. Many of these medics came forward recently on their social media platforms with troubling stories about not having enough people resources or a way to get to their patients. It all just sounds like a brutal scene to me. It reminds me of a battlefield. And through all of this, the concert kept going. At 9.30 p.m., the fire marshal initiated a mass casualty incident, but they reportedly didn't tell Travis any of this. People were chanting, stop the show and yelling about the fatalities, but Travis was not told of the severity of the situation. Police Chief Finner says about stopping the show, and this is a quote, we have to worry about rioting when you have a group that's that young, end quote. Music critic Joey Guerra also told CNN that Travis Scott did stop the show three or four times because he noticed that something was off about the crowd. But he continued each time. Travis Scott's spokesperson released a statement on November 12th saying they have a 59-page operations plan and it clearly states the only two people that have the authority to stop the concert were the executive producer and the concert producer. He was not responsible for this. But he wants to be responsible for the solution. So according to his contract, Travis could not stop the show. And on top of that, no one told him how bad the situation really was. However, the crowd was literally chanting, stop the show. And people were on the stage literally yelling that there were fatalities in the crowd. It makes absolutely positively no sense to me that Travis did not know that people were severely injured in the crowd. There were medical vehicles making its way through a sea of bodies, and he just didn't take the situation seriously at all. At one point on stage, he looks out, sees an emergency vehicle, asks what it is, And when he gets the answer, he just hypes up the crowd even more and continue performing, despite the fact that said vehicles were being ambushed by the crowd and needed a calmer crowd. In this situation, Travis had a lot of power over his audience. He had the power to tell people to allow the emergency vehicles to safely navigate the crowds. And the fact that they did not try to control the situation is very disappointing. Absolutely horrible. At one point, he even bought Drake out to perform while everyone's saying, stop the show, there is a body here. It's clear that his response was to just keep the party going no matter what. But Travis isn't the only one here under fire. Live Nation Entertainment is a company who 
promoted and organized Astral World and Live Nation has a pass that is riddled with lawsuits, safety violations, and tragedy. Live Nation is a public company that owns Ticketmaster and they sell 500 million tickets a year. And with such a large company, you can expect some incidents over the years. Well, in total, Live Nation has been linked to 200 deaths and 750 injuries, including numerous OSHA citations. For the youngins or non-U.S. citizens, OSHA is an acronym for Occupational Safety and Health Administration. Live Nation was one of the organizers of the Ariana Grande concert in Manchester, England, where there was a suicide bombing that ended in the death of 22 people. Live Nation was also the organization of the Route 91 Harvest Country Music Festival, where there was a mass shooting. Looking beyond the fact that these weapons made it past security, unfortunately, in this apocalyptic world that we live in, mass murder is one of the dangers of large gatherings. But Live Nation was also responsible for having an unsafe environment on top of that danger. In 2011, a stage collapse, killing seven people at a concert. And one of their employees was hit on the head by a six-foot steel metal post and had to be hospitalized. So between Live Nation's unsafe past and Travis Scott's desire to just make the crowd as wild and crazy as he could, I mean, come on, this show was just bound to end in travesty. This was a collaboration that just shouldn't have happened. Now, I explained to you some of Live Nation's past issues. This makes the incidents of the people pushing past barricades and metal detectors even worse because that just raises the possibility of someone bringing in a gun or explosives. Astroworld 2021 could have easily become the site of not just a deadly crowd surge, but also a mass shooting. And it had the potential to be much worse due to the negligence of everyone involved. So who was to blame here? Live Nation for not stopping the show or Travis Scott for encouraging the crowd? The blame here clearly lies in both parties. Travis's lawyer has released a statement saying that the declaration of a mass casualty, and I quote, never got to Travis's crew. He's up there trying to perform. He does not have any ability to know what's going on down below, end quote. This statement at its base level is true. As far as we know, Travis was never told by Astroworld officials that there was a mass casualty declaration. However, he did see the effects of it. He did see the paramedics and the chaos, and he possibly even saw the bodies. As when a crowd surges, as we mentioned before, people can also die standing up. So no way he was looking out into the crowd with all these lights and pyrotechnics and not seeing the dead and the unconscious. He just, for whatever dumb reason, continued performing. And yes, he is legally obligated to perform. But Travis has more than enough money to offset the legal costs, which most likely would have never made it to a courtroom in the first place anyway, if he decided to literally take a kneel and stop the shop. So before I conclude, I want to talk about the victims. There are nine confirmed deaths. 14-year-old John Hilgert, who was a ninth grader at Memorial High School in Houston. 16-year-old Brianna Rodriguez, who was a 
junior at Houston Heights High School. 21-year-old Franco Patino, who was a mechanical engineering student at University of Dayton. 21-year-old Axel Acosta, a computer science student at Western Washington University. 22-year-old Barty Shahani, who was a senior at A&M University studying electronic systems engineering. 23-year-old Rudy Pena, who was a medical assistant at a rehabilitation facility and a criminal justice major at Laredo College. 23-year-old Madison Dubisky, who studied advertising and marketing at the University of Mississippi. And lastly, 27-year-old Danish Bank, who heroically died protecting his fiance, who survived the crowd surge. His brother Basil says of Danish, he was an innocent young soul who would always put others before him, end quote. And that statement could not be any truer. There are still victims being treated for their injuries in hospital, and these victims include nine-year-old Ezra Blount. Ezra attended the concert with his father, Treston Blount. Ezra was a super fan of Travis Scott since Travis performed Astronomical through the game Fortnite, which is popular with school-age children. Travis also did a sponsorship with McDonald's, another company that caters towards kids with Happy Meals and kid-friendly menu options. So it makes total sense that nine-year-old Ezra would be a mega fan of Travis Scott. Travis also shows a lot of appreciation for his younger fans. All you have to do is type Travis Scott in the YouTube search bar, and there you would see a nine-year-old audience member on stage with him at a concert, rapping the very inappropriate love song, Goosebumps. I am not a prude, and I absolutely love hip-hop, and I love learning about the history of the genre, especially as a child of the generation who started it. But oh my goodness, guys, this song is just straight-up inappropriate song choice to bring a nine-year-old on stage to bop to. But this video has over 7.8 million views, with commenters praising the rapper for giving the young fan recognition. Treston says in interviews that he thought that the concert would be a family-friendly event. And this makes sense when you realize that Travis Scott's partner, Kylie Jenner, was there with their three-year-old daughter, Stormy. And so it doesn't surprise me that if you don't do any research on Travis Scott's past events, just think of it as a concert by a man who does sponsorships with family-friendly companies, you know, it just doesn't surprise me that Treston allowed Ezra to go to the concert. He knew that crowds at concerts can be crazy, and so they stood in the back. Treston says of the crowd surge, everything was cool for a split second. It was like a horror movie. I'm yelling out, I can't breathe. There's other people around me saying they can't breathe. It was definitely a moment where I didn't know what else to do. Treston fell unconscious, holding his nine-year-old son. Both father and son fell to the floor, trampled by the crowd. But when Treston woke up, his son was gone. Officials told Treston that his son was being treated in a hospital and was placed in a medically induced coma. Treston says upon seeing a photo of his son, and this is a quote, I can tell that he was damaged. Almost every organ has been damaged, including his kidneys, lung, and liver. His brain was swelling and the nine-year-old is fighting for his life 
right now. Unfortunately, many news outlets and concerned citizens have been using Ezra's injuries to make a racist point about violence in hip hop. I saw this one headline from a news outlet who takes its name from a cute forest animal that reads, Travis Scott encouraged culture of violence in May tweet complaint alleges. Many people have taken to social media using radically charged words like thug and thug culture when really what they really want to say is black culture. The thing is, dangerous crowds is not a part of black culture. It is a part of human culture and it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. I hate that I even have to say this. I'm a big music junkie and I've been to many concerts back when I was young and beautiful. I've been to rock music festivals hip-hop events. I've been in a crowd surge a few times in my life, and they are not as uncommon as it seems. They actually happen all the time because people get hyped at these events. They find a way to sneak in drugs and lose their minds and act a fool. The thing is, at these events, there are staff members, security, police, hell, even good Samaritans all working to keep everyone safe. And even then, accidents and assaults still happen. It has nothing to do with the genre and everything to do with organizers and Travis Scott's previous behavior of inciting riots for shits and giggles. All of these deadly factor into deaths and injuries. And for the love of God, if I see any racist comments, you will be blocked instantly. Also, there's some more garbage flooding the interwebs as people saying that the event was a satanic ritual and that the victims were a sacrifice. This is compounded by Travis's creative vision. Concert goers entered a venue through a large tunnel. There was a giant statue depicting Travis's head. The show uses a ton of pyrotechnics. And people were bringing attention to the fact that Travis's three-year-old daughter, Stormy, was wearing ear protection throughout the show. And they were saying this was a sign that the music was a satanic ritual that he did not want to expose his daughter to. What's really going on, and I don't have proof of this, but I'm a parent to a toddler, and I like to think I have some common sense, but toddlers, like most small living things, have very sensitive hearing. So when you take them to loud events, it is recommended by pediatricians for them to wear ear protection. Even on airplanes, toddlers wear ear protection during takeoff and landing to help keep them calm because it's just so loud. In this day and age, if you have a toddler at an event, you bet yeah you have ear protection or you wish you did. Anyway, there's already history of this satanic panic when it comes to edgier musicians. And that's all Travis is at the end of the day, just an edgy musician. See, the way we discuss genres like hip hop, and even hard rock for that matter, tends to leave out the fact that these people are talented artists. I mean, Flava Flav, that crazy looking man who wears a giant clock around his neck, is proficient in 15 musical instruments. Like, these are artists, very talented artists with a vision. Travis's vision for Astral World reminds me of surrealism, an art style design that make people feel uneasy as it blends reality with fantasy. And this surrealist theme is just 
all over his music. It's what adds to the attraction of Travis Scott's music. I'm not a fan of his. It's just not my vibe. I'm old. I can't understand what he's saying half the time, but I can still see his appeal. It's just a shame that he values the chaos over safety after years of paying the price legally and financially. Another rumor that I forgot to add into my script, but... This has been flying around. There's also a rumor about people injecting unsuspecting crowd members with drugs using needles. This idea was spread even more falsely through a press conference with the police talking about how a security guard woke up with an injury. He was treated with Narcan, which revived him. And then they found a mark, which looks like it was left by a needle on his neck, concluding that he was ejected with a deadly opioid, which caused him to overdose. The thing is, this is completely false. Police already tracked down this man. What happened was he got struck in the back of the head, was knocked out and fully recovered. He does not think he was injected with anything and there is no evidence, no puncture wound, nothing. So if you hear people saying that they were injecting drugs into people as part of this ritual, just know it is fake news. And this is why I wanted to cover this case today, because there is just so much shenanigans being tossed around when the real problem here is making sure that these events that we create for our young people to celebrate and enjoy themselves at are safe. Travis Scott and Live Nation currently have lawsuits piled against them and a criminal investigation as well. Just as this unfolds, we learn more information. I just want all of you to be respectful to the families of everyone involved. My name is Sophia Talley, and this was True Crime and Knit. For more information, including show notes, sources, and videos about anything I talked about today, please visit www thedrunkknitter.com slash true crime. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.